Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gonna take it. Got it! Boston wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know what can I say? But it wasn't gonna happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. He's Bob Ryan. I'm Jeff Goodman. And uh, Bob, I got a good stat for you that Sean Grandy just put out there. Uh, The Boston Celtics this year are the 19th team in NBA history to have three guys average at least 20 points a game. The last one uh, was one that I have dear to my heart because I'm the biggest Andrew Toney fan on the planet, uh, was the uh, 83-84 Sixers with Moses Malone, Dr. J, and a healthy Andrew Tony. Um, we, we, you know, you, you putting the Celtics up there against that team or, or no way in hell? Well, first of all, I'm a member of the Andrew Tony fan club. I've been championing him for years. I, I'm on record as saying he's the most forgotten great player in NBA history. And who knows, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory when not one, but both feet went out on him. And that was the end of that. Uh, he had an, a, 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 he's a comet that flashed across the sky, a very intriguing player. Okay. That I just, before we, well, the Celtic thing. Yeah. And, and the surprising thing of course is, is, is uh, Jalen Brown being the third member of that trio that yeah. you might not have foreseen that a couple of years ago for sure. Someone told you uh, Kemba Walker would be a Celtic. Oh yeah, he'll do it. And of course when we, we, I know how you feel about Tatum and, and, uh, uh, so that's the thing. And not far behind is Gordon Hayward you know, at 17 plus. That gives rise to one of my favorite stats. I, there are only two teams in NBA history that I know, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, that five starters average 15 or more. Really? Only two teams? All right, go ahead. One of them was, was one of those Celtics teams had to have. Had no, no, no. The most recent one were the Phoenix Suns. Oh, when they averaged. Of so- the D'Antoni era. Yeah. The, the, the seven seconds to shoot gang. Yeah. The other one was talk about comets flashing across the sky on a franchise basis. The Buffalo Braves. <laughs> All right. And the fifth if guy. Guys, if you I, name the five, I'll be very impressed. First of all, McAdoo. Yep. Who else? Randy Smith. Okay. Ernie DiGregorio, his rookie year. Okay. Oh, the fourth one I should know. The fifth one is the one that the took I know the fifth one, the tricky one is Gar Hurd. Really? Gar Hurd? Beginnings, it could be Bob Kaufman. I, I'm going to have to look it up. But 
uh, I used to know off the top of my head, but Gar Hurd's the one that surprised people. But five with, with 15, and I was really pulling for, uh, yeah, and that's it. That's a hard one. But three with 20, it is rare. Really, really. Oh, yeah. It, it, really, really rare. So no, good I've, for them. Have I told they, you? They've that? had a good, after a bad, you know, they've had a good bubble, basically. They've had a good bubble, the Celtics. They started off slow, but but they had a good, they're having a good bubble, had an excellent win over Toronto. And, uh, and, and uh, they're, they're playoff ready, I think. You know, now it's so interesting with their big glaring weaknesses, why matchups are so important. And right away, their matchup, first matchup is going to be against Philadelphia with one of the reigning bigs of our time and Joel Embiid. Uh, powerful bigs give them trouble, uh, major trouble uh, defensively. They have a troubled uh, with a with a power big, and he can be. Yeah, I know he can, and he can hit. He beat you both ways. So he's a modern big to the max because he can face up and hit a three. And he can take you down and post your ass up too. And so he, they got. But that's going to be a matchup overall. You got to like them for it. But see how last year he had a big series against them, and, uh, and he's throwing up some thirties against them. So that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, uh, the newly signed to a long term extension, Brad Stevens. We'll, come, we'll see what he could concoct against Joel Embiid. Listen, I, I was thinking about this the other day. You can help me on this uh, from an overall standpoint. But I was thinking of college, um, college coaches um, that have stepped away and retired kind of in their, in their prime or at least, you know, prior to maybe 60 years old. Uh-huh. When they were in their prime, you know, when they, when they, when they were still kind of wow. – Top of their game. Al McGuire came to mind as a guy that certainly, I don't know how old he was. He wasn't uh, that old. You know, he wasn't, right. He probably was in his 50s. And the reason I, I was thinking this way was partially because of Brad, and he's 43 now. And yeah. I, I do not see Brad Stevens coaching into his 60s. I, I don't. Maybe I'm crazy, no. but I could see him just stepping away. I've always said, if, if Brad Stevens is like 58 years old and he's won a couple titles or whatever, and Butler is, is floundering, I could <laughs> completely see Brad Stevens just saying, you know what? I'm going to coach for Butler for a couple of years for 500 grand a year. Cause I just want to get them back on track. That's just the type of guy he is. I have a, I got an answer to your question, although he wasn't a college guy, yep. but he retired at age 48, never coached again at the peak of his powers. Who? Arnold Red Auerbach. Yeah, 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 yeah. People don't realize because he always looked indeterminate middle age. Right. You know, he looked the same when he was 30 till the day he died, all right? And and, and 2006. But he was – it astonishes people to realize he was only 48 when he retired. That's crazy. And he had had enough. Why, Bob? Why did he – why did he step away from coaching at at, at that – he was doing everything, you know, at the time. You know, he was the GM, and they had no assistants, and and he and and no, there were no assistants in this in the uh, '60s. Uh, the, the assistants started coming to being in the late '60s. Nobody had an assistant, and I don't know. He just decided. It's a. I, I can't even explain it why, but he knew it was time for him. He had enough, and he had something to fall back on. He was going to be the GM. He had he had a life plan, and he had a full life, by the way. You know, he loved his, his tennis. And and he uh, and 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 he followed the world, and he he was he, he knew how to amuse himself. He, he was a, so he wasn't going to be bored, and he certainly was never bored. That's for sure. Anyway, there's your answer. But in college, I'm thinking, I got I don't have an answer. I got one more, one more. Terry Holland at Virginia. Kara Lawson gave me this name last week, and I, I yeah, I didn't remember Terry Holland. He oh, won- I remember him, of course. 
Me too, but I didn't know he walked away when he was 48, I think, and he okay. had been in the lead eight two years before. Yeah, yeah, well, no, of course, they had a good run at Virginia, naturally, and uh, a very, very strong rivalry with Dean. What was it? Which one named the dog after the other? I don't know. There was one, one of them named the dog after the other. I forget there was something going on there. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I just feel like, Brad, this, this contract extension, listen, it's going to be pretty open-ended. To me, Brad Stevens is going to coach the Boston Celtics until he decides he doesn't want to. The reference that I used when he took the job at age 36 was that when the contract is over, and he signed a six-year contract, when the contract is over, he will be younger than Eric Spolstra is now. That's what I said back at those days seven years ago as a frame of reference on both of them. You know know who we got to get on the pod, and, and I've told him we need to get him on, is Ryan McDonough. Former oh, sure. GM, who you know What's well. What's his distinction? Well, he's, he's the only him. NBA general manager whose christening I attended. <laughs> I always wanted to write that column. That's crazy. Think about how old do you feel when when, oh. when that happened? When he became the GM, how I old? I know. Do you feel bad enough when he was a scout, right? And right. with the Celtics, and then he's the GM of the Suns. And I'm saying, I said. He's the only GM whose christening I attended. <laughs> well, he tried to hire Brad before before he, he, he got the Celtics job. Brad turned that job down. In, in uh-huh. So I would love to have – I don't know how many people know that. I don't know how out there that's been if Ryan's ever talked about it. But he did go after Brad, and Brad mm-hmm. turned it down before he took the Celtics job. He took that, turned that one down, and I think he might have turned down Philly as well. There were yeah. two NBA jobs – or maybe he didn't turn it down, but he was he was heavily yeah. in there. There were Steelers, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were other, yeah, there were other people which would surprise a lot of people because at that point Brad was so young, and it was such a shock when he when he got that Celtics job that day because nothing had leaked out prior to that. And oh, not at all, they did. They could, did a great job of camouflaging that one. Right, you could see how good he could be. I mean, I I definitely could being around him a lot at Butler just because of his his temperament, his personality, his ability to coach. Yeah. All of that, and, and we're seeing it again. I mean, listen, the guy's gone to the playoffs six of the last seven years. Um, the only time he's kind of underachieved is, is kind of the Kyrie uh, year here. Yeah. Um, and he really overachieved. When we look back at some of those rosters he had with Isaiah <laughs> Thomas and Jay Crowder and some of those guys, we're going to look back on that in 10 or 15 years and say, how did he do it with that group? How did he get them to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he was a hot. And I remember thinking at those days uh, that if you lined up all the coaches in the league uh, and exclusive of Pop, Pop's a totally different category than all of them. That I wouldn't be surprised if he would be at the top of any wish list for any GM in the league at like two years ago, coming off that wonderful playoff they had two years ago, and they had this town of buzz in a way it hadn't been since the you know Garnett uh, Pierce uh, Ray Allen days. And, and maybe even going farther back than that. By the way, we've had a little development with the Celtics since we last – well, not since we last talked. Well, maybe a week or so. Oh, but, the top, uh, the top, you're going no, – No, they got a development. No, a, a technical development, which we'll see how it plays out. Robert Williams has injected himself into their rotation and conversation, giving them an element that they were praying or hoping to get from him when they drafted him, Right. They're starting to get it, and he's starting to see a, a, get a feel on offense as well. And in, in addition to the room protection and, and that big man presence, he's, he's legitimate. Anyway, he, he is threatening to be a legitimate big. It's a new element they didn't have two weeks ago. 
as no. they get into the playoffs. And you know why Brad had to throw him out there because he saw the three six matchup looming of Joel Embiid <laughs> and said to himself, "Hey, listen, we got to get some minutes, even if Robert Williams can can give us five fouls and, yeah, and right. fight and make life difficult for him." Listen, Robert Williams, we know, is a freak of nature. Uh, I remember seeing him his freshman year at Texas A&M and sitting down with him after that year. He could have come out and probably been a higher pick than he was the next year. Uh, but there were some red flags with him that caused him, you know, you, you've seen it even over the course of his NBA career now. Oh, how is, he, he got started, you know, hilariously, missing the plane, you know, missing the first – and you know, so he got tagged as Mr. You know, forgetfulness and all that. Mr. You know, he had to overcome this, you know, this, how serious is he? You know, people were saying right away, oh, look at this kid. He's not taking it seriously enough, you know. I mean, and he had to overcome that. It took a while. And then he was hurt all the time for two years now. But now we're starting to see. They insisted all along, and you would always see, he, hear, oh, they're, they're, they think he's a great talent. They think they, you know, and we're, we're, they're getting, certainly they're getting the benefit, the fruits of it. We'll see. So, it's interesting development. So, uh, yeah, the 3-6 matchup, Celtics-Philly, Ben Simmons is out. Joel's been hurt the last week with, with multiple injuries. He missed a game with an ankle injury. Then he left the game with a hand injury. Yeah. It just, I don't know how this is going to be a series. Maybe Philly gets a game or two. But I, I think if the Celtics – On paper, you got to like one. If they can't win this one, it's a major, major disappointment. Oh, without Simmons? Oh, my God, no. They're, they're, that, as soon as he went out, you said, come on, they got this. There's no excuse. Not that there ever was an excuse, but it's positively no excuse now that I'm not to win. And they are starting to play some some good basketball. So um, I don't know how you know depth is still the still an issue now with this group uh, scoring off the bench. We talk about it every week. You know that they don't have that instant offense guy off the bench. They don't have that kind of guy. They have nobody even remotely like that. You know, uh, there was a moment in the exhibition season of 2018-19 we thought that guy might be Carson Edwards because you he thought, had eight threes. We thought game. that guy might be Carson Edwards. I, I wanted that guy to be Carson Edwards. Whenever I, I, I did, where I said eight threes is a bit much, uh, but uh, you know, there's something artificial maybe there, but. And of course, that hasn't materialized. Okay, so no, it's not precedent. So. <laughs> what what I do want to do, and I haven't, I don't think I've done it yet this year. You remind me if I have, but I, I want to admit I, I I made a mistake on on Jalen Brown uh, because I was oh. very very uh, reluctant to give him max money if I was Danny Ainge. Very, and I know he had to. I know you kind of have no choice at that point. And I love Jalen Brown's toughness. Uh, his defensive uh, intensity, but I just didn't think Jalen Brown would be a guy that has improved as much as he has on the offensive end, especially in the half court. I, I knew he he's yeah. great in transition. Like oh sure, yeah. drives in transition. You know he's going to get his points that way. But I think he's gotten better in his decision making this year in the half court. Hey, you wouldn't have projected him as the kind of guy who'd go six for six in the fourth quarter of a of a big game, which he did. Yeah. Uh, you know. And 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 make killer threes. Uh, no, he wasn't projected to be that kind of a guy. Or oh, my God, forbid that he'd be scoring twenty points a game this late in the season. So no, you're right. Um, my reservation in the beginning. I mean, I was you know I I I can't say I saw him at Cal. Maybe I did see once on some Sunday some Saturday afternoon. But but, but I didn't see him. But uh, you know, the, was aware of him. Stat, uh, was he gonna want to play basketball or or run for Congress? Everybody's That's what I'm worried about. And, and it's turned out that he can balance his life. 
turns out that he has become a, a terrific basketball player. And oh boy, is he upfront about, about him using his forum in a responsible, intelligent way. He may be a congressman someday. He may be, I don't know what he's going to be someday, but its future is outside of basketball. I don't think there's much question about that when it's all done. Would you agree to that? No, no question. Very bright, very smart. Always has been from the first time I met him. I remember the first time I think I saw him was at an AAU event in, uh, in Vegas and talked to a man and he had no interest in talking to the media. He still really doesn't love it. You can tell like that's not him. He does it uh, respectfully. And, and those are, you know, Russell Westbrook's similar, right? He'll talk to you. But Russell Westbrook doesn't want to be talking to the media. He does it because he has to. And for the most part, he's pretty respectful. I think Jalen's uh, similar in, in, in that. Well, Jalen, you know, you're aware probably after one of the games in the bubble, he did not take any questions. He, he yeah. delivered a sermon. <laughs> this is what he did. Yep. You know, so, yes, he, he oh, he's very – so, you know, he, he's his own man without any question. Sports keep coming back. So does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball has already started. There's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. We got NBA that started now. Uh, NFL's not that far away. Uh, and as the sports uh, seasons start to return, BetOnline has sat down with Eddie George from the NFL, Robert Ory, the seven-time NBA champ, and Harold Reynolds, uh, for Major League Baseball to get their opinions on what it will be like uh, playing without fans and what they have called the, the fandemic. Uh, visit betonline.ag to, today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. There's a bunch of them. Uh, so bet online. Uh, make sure you go to it. You're online wagering experts. I, I feel like, I mean, the crazy part of this, Bob, now is the, the ultimate after Gordon Hayward got hurt and, and came back was if Gordon Hayward can be your fourth best player, you have a chance to win a title. Okay. He has yeah. now your fourth best player on this team, um, but they don't have a chance to win a title yet. And is huh. that because the Lakers and Clippers are so good and they have the elite stars or is it because the Celtics haven't taken that next jump, and maybe Kemba's not quite Kemba, um, and they don't have the bench. They're still missing, uh, you know, a piece on the front court and one piece off the bench. In my ideal scenario, that bench thing is crucial, and I don't have that. So, uh, you know, they, they can't afford, you know, they can't change games in that way. Uh, you have to worry about foul trouble, you know, in a sense with these guys. Uh, yeah, I – you know, it, so I, I I question the bench. I think that I, I, there's a limit to what they can achieve, but uh, I think it's right now it's constituted. Um, but they got people, you know, one thing they do have, you know, I've always struggled with this ever since this has become a big deal in the last, you know, couple of decades. Because when I grew up, you, you know, nobody talked about this kind of stuff. The go-to guy and, and who's going who's gonna to take the shot. And, and it's got to be certain people, only certain people. Well, they've got a team now with – Three, you know, three guys, you, you know, they got lots of people you can go to. Now, the other day, Tatum took over. But, you know, you, Kem, Kemba's a classic. Tatum's become a classic because uh, at 6'10", um, he has the dexterity, the, he has the handle to get his own shot when he needs it. Creates separation. Get, creates, creates space, you know, a la, 
you know, dare I say, uh, I won't even mention it, all of the, the, the shorter guys who can do that. He's six ten, And, of course, Kevin Durant, who's the gold standard of that in our time, he can do that. But he has a little bit of that in him now to be able to create that. Yeah, he can get his shot whenever he wants. Now, again, and he's gotten better at driving the basket and finishing through. Oh. And, and really um, wanting contact, like, like embracing Absolutely. contact. Because early in the year, I remember talking to him several times early in the season, and he just was shying away from that contact and, and not finishing for the first, you know, 10 games of the season. You know, all right, so who are you taking right now? If I said to you, who are you keeping as your second unit going forward if you're Danny Ainge, okay? I'm going to run, run through some names. We agree on Marcus Smart, obviously. They have him. He's a keeper for sure. We're not even going to waste our time on him. Um, are you in agreement Daniel Tice would be a hell of a backup five-man? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can. He can play. He can play basketball. He can play. I mean, I like him a lot. Like as your starter, you can get away with him. If, if I guess it's a matchup thing again. He, the guy's six eight. That's just serious. He's six eight. He's, he's, he's hard. You know, Neil Johnson was six eight sixty years ago. He's sixteen. He's six eight. I mean, you know, that's there is a limit, but but he can he can shoot. He knows how to play. All right. Yeah. Okay. But he's a, he's on your rotation. Yes. He's a keeper. Probably you love him as your first big off the bench, ideally, but whatever. He's a keeper. So those two are keepers. Ennis Canner, keeper or cut him loose? The problem, I want to like him a lot. Because I want him around. <laughs> well, I want him for the first game. He's a great game. I want him, you know, all right. Well, how, how deep do we have to go here? Are we talking to get cut this off at 10? Well, he's your, yeah, he's your second unit all right, all right. right now. Because right well, now we got Smart. We got Tice. Well, well wait a minute. Well, who's Tice? Tice is starting at the present moment, right? Right, right. now. Right. We got, all right. So we got Williams and we got Canner and we got Wanamaker is definitely. You're good. He's your backup point guard. You're good with Brad Wanamaker. You're fine. Yes. And then Langford. Romeo Lang- Langford. Romeo Langford. You're keeping him. Yeah. Yes. There's, he's yeah. showing me enough. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I told, uh, Grant Williams. I, I, I'm sorry. I right. forgot about Grant Williams. Williams for me. Is I got to go with Grant Williams. He's, show, he's had more opportunity to show me what he can do. Langford, maybe down the road, you know, but there's 10. So there's my 10. So Grant for, Williams. For me, I, I, I'm a keeper, obviously, with the starting five-year keeper. Smart is a keeper. Uh, Wanamaker, I'm with you. I love him. You know, I love him as a backup. And you're not, you got you to gotta go cheap. You got to go cheap with with that for sure. Grant Williams, I'm a keeper, so that's eight for me. Robert Williams, I'm a keeper as an X factor guy. I don't know what yeah. he is. Um, so then you got two spots for me: Canner and, and, and a scoring guard off the bench. I would I would let Canner walk. I would let Canner walk. I, I just defensively he's a mess. I know he he could score the ball. I know he can rebound on the offensive end. I love his personality. I thought he'd come in and be their starting center, to be honest. And if he can't beat out Tice, and and I remember Brad when they signed him at the introductory press conference, um, we were talking off to the side, and I said, "Like, how are you going to play him? You like, it's all about defense for you, Brett." He said, "Well, he he was actually really good in the playoffs defensively this past year." And I looked at him, I'm like, "Yeah, but like the body of work, he's been so bad defensively for so long. Nobody's going to change at that point in their career." So. I would get in a more well-rounded big if you could, but again, you don't have a lot of money for that. So I would say you got to prioritize. You better get a guard off the bench who can go get you buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Period. I don't know who it is. And I don't think it's Romeo Langford. Like I think Romeo might be 
you know, in three, four years could be that guy. Um, but I'm not sure he's that guy either. So I, got, I think they got to find that guy maybe in the draft this year, uh, maybe yeah. for a trade, um, trading, you know, a pick or something and getting a veteran. But I think that's their biggest hole because everything else, let's face it, you know, Tatum's only going to get better. Jalen Brown's only going to get better. Can Kemba sustain it at this point? Can he get back yeah. to what he was when he was 100%? And then, hey, we're the same thing. Just sustain where you are right now next year. Chance next year because everybody else, LeBron's a year older, right? I mean, LeBron's a year older. Yeah. Who knows what happens with with you know the Clippers? Uh, so anyway, all right, let, let's move on to some yeah. of these first round matchups, Bob, and yeah. uh, and ones you really really like. I know uh, we could skip over that Milwaukee Orlando one eight matchup because Orlando uh, they should so. send Orlando home. Um, that's going to be horrible. Toronto Brooklyn's going to well, be. Well, you go right to the West, and anything – Houston's such a crazy yeah. wild card, crazy thing. So, OKC Houston, wild. Who no knows? No Who knows? Doubt. Now, you know, we, we want we – want, we're presuming health, right? We're presuming good health for everybody, are we? Westbrook, yeah, Westbrook's hurt a little bit now. That's an that's a intriguing one because Houston's always intriguing. I mean, I, I – you know, as I said, see what Harden did last night, last night being Wednesday night, yeah. 45, I, I believe a career high rebound in 17 and nine. He had very close to a humongous triple double. Um, you know, you know, I don't want to like him. I'll never like him. I'll grudgingly appreciate his greatness talent wise. Uh, he keeps doing stuff like that. It drives me crazy, which is fun. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, that's part of the fun. He, he drives me crazy because he takes shots that you just shake your head and you're like, well, it's the, and it's the dribble, 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 you know, nonsense, you know, and then he steps back and swishes a 30 footer. I mean, that you don't think Eric Gordon likes playing with him. Come on. So that's one. That's a good matchup right there. Who are you taking in that OKC Houston matchup? Who are you taking? See, if I go with my heart, because I'm in. It's funny. I hate when I used to root like crazy for Mike D'Antoni. I rooted like crazy when when he was with the Suns. I wanted that team to win so badly. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like rooting against Mike D'Antoni. Yep. And and uh, um, you know, but Billy, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm partial to Billy uh, Donovan. Uh, but they've had a. They're surprisingly dangerous. I'm going to go with them. You going with OKC? Okay, so- yeah. Yeah. Just. Uh, I'm going with Houston. I'm going to go with Houston. 51-49, kind of hard overhead. I, listen, Chris Paul's had a hell of a year. I'm not the biggest Chris he Paul. Has. He really he has. has. A hell of a year and, and has helped save Billy Donovan his job. And Billy Donovan can actually coach that team. I feel like, you know, that's one, too, where, um, you know, OKC uh, against Westbrook. Uh, you know, you got Chris Paul against guys who he played with. I'm going. I'm going, Houston. I just think those two guys, as long as West. No, I mean, it's 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 good. Hey, it fits a four five. It's a toss up. It's like eight nine. And you know, I you know my feeling about the NCAA, the eight nine. Don't dare tell me that nine over eight's an upset. Right, right. And right. there are no upsets. To me, upsets start at four thirteen, not five twelve, because we know the documentation on that one. The documentation is 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 you know irrefutable. That's a five. At least one five is going to win every year. Four thirteen. Then we can start talking upsets. Not before that. And God, I've had this. I can't believe I get in these Twitter fights every year in the NCAA uh, about nine versus eight. I mean, God, what's the matter with people? All right, they so, so that word upsets literally. 
Um, on the East, you agree on Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston. We all agree. Oh, that's terrible. All right. So and, and Toronto, Miami, Indiana. Yes. Who are you taking? Ah, uh, Miami. Just because I just uh, uh, right. I, I I mean Indiana. You know, they respect. You got to respect them. Uh, that's a good one. And good. That's like, once again, it's a four or five. But I'm going Miami. I am. Too, I am too. Because honestly, I think Indiana is going to miss Sabonis here. I, I do. Again, Bam Adebayo. I think it's going to be hard for the Pacers to to contain him. Where yeah. Sabonis, Sabonis and Bam, oh, that matchup would have been so good. Oh, yeah, killers. Now, meanwhile, and the, the three six in the West is good. Because I think I I love Denver is always intriguing to me because you know the guy, the big guy. You know, what do you make of him with the with the weight loss? And uh, the I don't think he lost that much. He's trying to claim, and if like the pictures early. Made it look like he lost like twenty pounds, but if you look at him in the court, I yeah, I know. The last time I looked at him, I'm thinking it doesn't look a whole lot different than me. No, it's the same. It's but, the same. but he's still the passing is still there, and the, the uh, you know there, and of course they've got, you know, one of the, now one of the most interesting stories in the league with Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, who, uh, you know, yeah, you know we with, talked with, about him last week, and he, he's so, pretty. He had a kind of an off game yesterday, but he's been pretty good. Uh, you go in Denver over Utah. I am. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I, I am, but but not like I wouldn't be struck dumb at all. And you know, not at all. No, I mean, all. Listen, the, the the great matchups going to be obviously uh, you know Jokic and 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 Gobert. I mean, two two imports oh. that have been absolutely terrific. Did I ever tell you my my Gobert story going to the combine? No, Gobert shows up at the combine, and uh, you know you're there, you're watching. And, and most of the players, even then when he played in it, most of the guys that were playing in it were second rounders, you know, at that point. And still, like, no first rounders, very few. You're, you're, you're playing to get your way into the first round. And yeah. very few, there's usually like two guys a year now that, that end yeah, up right. first rounders that do something. Right. Rudy Gobert was atrocious at the combine. Absolutely awful. I mm. walked away saying, there's no way this guy can even play in the league. He looks so Awful. Couldn't catch the ball. Was out of position every play. Looked like he had never played basketball before. So it just goes to show you again. Yeah. You never, you never know. And, and you know, you can always see guys on, on, you know, maybe their best day, maybe their worst day, which is why you want to see him as much as you possibly possible. Oh, no, without question. Yeah, we all to- have those stories. Um, I, I saw Chris Paul play. I, I caught his regional. I saw him play like three times. It didn't sh- – I wasn't dazzled. You know, I never would have foreseen Chris Paul to be at this level of all-time great, which he is. Um, and, all, and another guy I, I only saw once, you know, and that's uh, – you know, you can go overboard either way. And it was to me – and it was just blah, was yeah. Kawhi Leonard. And I, I, well, I saw Kawhi, a tournament game. Yeah, Kawhi wasn't – Let's face it, Kawhi wasn't that. He couldn't shoot at San Diego State. Could not shoot at all. So this guy didn't show me anything. Times. And, and, I mean, he was so good defensively. But, yeah, you just – you never know. You never know. All right, let's move on. Um, I, a fascinating one. I don't think Dallas has a chance. But, man, um, Luka and, and the way Porzingis is playing, I, I again, Clippers, it's going to be fun. Again. They kind of – they were going well, and then they the last game what they they weren't. But and Porzingis, but those two, those two are intriguing, absolutely. Uh, but I, I really was, I'm on the Toronto bandwagon. I'm, I'm I'm I hopped on it. Uh, 
that's going to be a five game, maybe. That's all. They're the, going to win. Which one? The Toronto Brooklyn? Yeah. They're going to they're going to roll over. Toronto Brooklyn's done. Clippers Dallas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, 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 by the way, this, I'm, I'm mixed match. Forget it. Brooklyn. Let's let's give them some props for some of the stuff that they've done in this bubble without you know. Remember, remember coming into it, we wondered how they were going to feel, have a quorum, right? They're going to have, they have to go four and four just to get bodies out there, and they've actually performed. The people who have showed up have performed very well, you know. And and yeah, we'll give them credit. We'll give them credit for that. But no, Toronto's going to roll over them. But in the West, um, Clippers, uh, Clippers, Dallas. Um, You're taking yeah. the Clippers, but 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 can this won't this be an? I mean. Don't you want to watch – if you get a chance to see Kawhi, Paul George, Luca, and Porzingis on the court at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's going to be – it's fun. And, and uh, I mean, Dallas is intriguing with those two, there's no doubt. But um, I, I won't say well, – I mean, you want to give them one, but I'm not giving any more than one. Probably not, unless your no. boy Rick Carlisle can, you know, do one. Yeah, I'm not going to give them more than one. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always rooting for Doc, but – uh, there's pressure on them, you know, to perform. But damn it, they gotta. They have. They don't have an excuse. They gotta do it. Um, oh, just about it. Just the, speaking the, of the doctor for a second. Um, tell me, you were ready for Austin Rivers going off for 41 off the bench the other day? <laughs> Where did that come from? Listen, Austin still believes. The great part of Austin Rivers is he walks out on the court every every time thinking he's the best player on the court. Like that, that will never change with Austin Rivers. Wow. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, on certain days, like you have to have that. You have to have that. Yeah. I always felt like the Doc Austin relationship was so fascinating because you, you learn even the guys that are the most um, objective and, and smart and heady about everything in life. When it comes to your own kid, yeah. throw it out oh, the window. I've seen it. I've seen it. Trust me. Right? Yeah, I've definitely seen it. Uh, uh, people that are irrational on every other subject on this earth except for that one. Yeah. Oh, no. I, uh, I'm talking about athletic people. Yes, I've seen it. No, but, but I mean, there's one thing to score 22 off the bench. It's another thing to score 30 off the bench, which Lou Williams has made, you know, kind of semi, semi-routine. 40 off the bench. And when, you're who, when your resume of your, you know, five, whatever it is, however many years he's been around, more than, you know, it doesn't suggest that you are that guy. I, that is one of the most aberrational moments in the league this season. Well, for sure. How many did AC Earl get that 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 fateful? Oh, night? Oh, oh, how many was it, Bob? Uh, too many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. If if AC Earl can go for four, AC Earl actually held the new opponent high record in the new garden for a while. I know. I know. Think about that. Think about AC Earl <laughs> went for forty something. If he can do it, can yeah. anybody? Can almost anybody in the NBA go for forty? Uh, I'm right. trying to think. Yeah, I'm sure that yeah, there's a probably I mean, who's right more there. improbable. I guess is what we we need yeah. you to do your research on that. Who's the the worst player or the most improbable player ever to score forty points in an NBA game? Yeah, that would that right. I'd have to do research. I, I was thinking about the time when we had Greg we had Greg Kite on the Celtics. And I, I wrote that if all the players in the league, if you were to give him the ball at the free throw line and nobody guarding him, he had the least possibility of scoring a point. 
And what did he say to you? Well, here's what happened. I wrote in the Sunday column. He, his, you know, this is what he wouldn't, he didn't get upset. His wife did. <laughs> she did. And that's the way it works, you know. Yeah. And we went up having lunch on the road and he laughed. He laughed. He told me because he knew who he was. And, and he laughed. But I'm not mad, but my wife is bullshit. <laughs> he wouldn't say bullshit. He wouldn't. He's a good Mormon boy. He wouldn't do that. But he wouldn't. But anyway, um, so, but that's a great question. Who's the most improbable person to score 40? You, you, may have, you may have already given us the answer, but we'd have to do a little yeah, biased research to find that out. <laughs> year old God. We'll look it up while, while you're talking this next segment. Um, we'll, 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 talk about it. All right. So the, the next, we're, we're taping this here on, uh, on Thursday at about, uh, 11 AM or so. So by the time, uh, people are listening, we're already going to know, uh, who's playing in this, uh, you know, this, this, this little eight, nine series, if you want to call it that, but listen, I, I want to see Portland in there and I want to see Portland play the Lakers. I've been saying this for two weeks. Right. I didn't, That's you know, a- Zion, the NBA wanted Zion. We know that. Yep. But Portland's a better matchup because you've got – if Dame – Dame is doing – now, C.J. McCollum's hurt. That's going to be the problem going forward. Yeah, he's got – the 61 points came out of the game when McCollum's out with the bad back or right. didn't play much with the back. No, he, he – he, so, if they don't have him, honestly, they got no chance to, to beat the, – even if Dame goes for 61 again, it's not going to matter. You've got to have C.J. McCollum close to, to healthy, and I don't think he's going to be. So um, – you know, are you are you saying are you rooting for Phoenix instead at this point, Bob? You, you that's a story and a half. Uh, what they've done with Lonnie Williams and 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 Booker, who you know, I mean, not I'm not shocked and obviously anything Booker's done because he, I've been a Booker guy. By the way, I go all the way back, Jeff, to the fateful NCAA championship game or, or the tournament game when oh. the year when when John was faithfully rotating. The keeping everybody keeping everybody happy with the minutes, right? I'm there screaming, Booker's got to play. And you, you don't take Booker off the court. And, you know, if Booker plays, they, he's got another ring, John, by the way. If Booker plays 40, 35 minutes the way he should have played. Hey, Booker and Tyler Eulis, both of them. If you remember, he was trying to play the Harrison Twins and keep them yes. happy. Tyler Eulis yeah. was not even close to the best college point guard he had on that roster. He was a kill. He was tough. He was small. But him and Booker were, were kind of coming off the bench for a good part of that. And they were clearly the guys that needed to be playing 30-plus minutes. Absolutely. Well, anyway, Booker's established himself as a major, major, major star. Uh, and has been good. Aiden's been good when he, when he remembers to get up for his, his coronavirus test. Yeah. Then, then and, he's pretty darn good. I looked him up. He surprised me. I um, – I didn't realize he had had as many good years as he's had. Ricky Rubio. Oh, he's, he's great. Ricky Rubio. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I go back, you know, he's, he's averaging 8.7 assists this year. He's, 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 but I saw him when he was a 17-year-old kid for the Spanish national team, whether it was the World Championships or the Olympics, I forget which, and he, and he belonged on the floor. He wasn't remotely phased being on the floor against the, you know, the great Americans or anything else. So I've had my eye on Ricky Rubio for a long time, but I didn't really fully grasp until I looked up a little research exactly how good his career has been from uh, Minnesota and, and, and uh, Utah, how many years. So um, anyway, he, he's, he's there. Uh, they got nice, they got a lot of balance, actually. You know, Ubre and Aiton, uh, Saric off the bench. What's your alert yeah. there, Bob? What's your alert? Yeah. Read it out. Bridges, 
No, and, and they got a guy, damn it. I hated seeing him go. No, you're like, alert on your phone, Bob. It rang. What do you got? What do you got? Oh. What, what's the big news? You got to tell us. Uh, it's from Bayern to batter Barca in the Champions League. Can Messi carry the Catalans again? Uh, when Bayern and, Bar- and Barcelona meet, major changes also always follow. All right. There, there you have it. There you have it. By the way, Atalanta, which was the outlier, and they got beat. Uh, they had a lead against PSG, the richest team in the world, and, and got beat in stoppage time, which is a, sh- a shame. But anyway. I'm not an L football where fan. Where were we? Uh, we were that it was uh, April, April 12, 1996. ACRL had 40 points. That's still <laughs> He had 40 points. He played 48. Yes, I, I saw it. Forty points. How about that? I saw it. He and his hair. Oh, the man. stepstone hair. Remember? Iowa star. Iowa star. Um, what do you think of Giannis's little headbutt there on mobile? Oh, he's, he's channeling his inner Zinedine Zidane. Bizarre. I mean, it's one of those, you know, the Jay Leno. What are you? What were you thinking? What would prompt a headbutt response? Where is that? The international soccer way of life. Is that the idea? Where did that? We had now Mo Wagner is is a German, right? Yes. Yeah. He's maybe. not an American. He is, a, but he's a native German. So now we got two Europeans. You know, maybe I I don't know. You know, what would prompt him? Would he have headbutted an American? I'm just asking. I don't know. But I, think, I you know, <laughs> I wonder if it was a buddy of mine, Bill Ryder, who works for CBS Sports, said. Uh, he wrote something, and, and maybe his point, I don't think anybody knows wh- exactly why he did it, but his point was, listen, life inside the bubble, who, who knows what these guys are going through? Now, the good thing with Giannis is he's got his brothers with him, so it's not like he's all by himself in the bubble. He's got some family with him, but but yeah. again, life inside the bubble without, you know, being able to leave, like, we don't know how these guys are, 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 are managing all that from a um, – no. From a mental standpoint, that's a very good point. Maybe that's he- a good point, but still, it it's not something we're used to. That's all. It's so aberrational, as a you know. Uh, I mean, and 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 there is, it's always going to be the standard. You know, there's a Dane doing that in a in a World Cup game, uh, you know, and that the idea he would come back and become a successful coach. No one uh, thought that. You know, that's that's kind of like uh, I'm trying to think of the American analogy. Uh, oh, Phil Jackson. Nobody would have thought Phil Jackson. Uh, you know, hip, countercultural hippie Phil Jackson would have become eleven rings later. You know, Nobody. so anyway, anyway, we but we digress. Well, the, <laughs> good, the good thing is, uh, Giannis can have some more people uh, coming in. Uh, oh, that first, you know, you see these rules. I have only heard of them. Have you seen them in print? Have you seen them? Yeah. Well, here, here's kind of I'll, I'll sum it up a little bit here for people. Is is. Yeah. If if a team advances to the second round, they're allowed to have guests. And the earliest they can be reunited is August 31st. Most cases, it's it's limited to four guests. I think if you have more than, you know, three kids, you can you can exceed that four. Um, family members, longtime close personal friends with whom a player has an established pre-existing and known personal relationship, uh, private staff and established family child care providers. Who you can't have in the bubble, Bob? No trainers, no physical uh, or massage therapists, no chefs, no hair stylists, no tattoo artists, uh, no business partners, no uh, agents, all that stuff. So um, the also 
not allowed casual acquaintances. So everybody's saying now, like, hey, are some of these guys going to try to get their, uh, you know, their, their, their side pieces uh, into the bubble at all? You know, oh, I, I, I don't you know. know someone, if, if you think there's going to be 100% compliance without people trying to circumvent the rules, you're, you are really uh, a nice no human doubt. being. This, this, is, this is so rife for abuse. Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> there's going to be some funny stories coming out of it you know to if we want to laugh and anything's going out in the bubble like come on do we really do we really think jr smith is going to comply with these rules <laughs> right like like he's number one on the list isn't he of, of people that you think is just gonna yeah you know i mean i i don't know what else is gonna happen we gotta keep our eye on lou williams now too you know so who's uh, <laughs> gonna do it again you think <laughs> lou, after getting all that attention is gonna screw up again oh you know i'm just saying just saying that no it's crazy but then again, the whole thing is is, is great. Meanwhile, there's the number of positive tests in oh, the bubble so amazing. far. And you've got college football, college football that looks like it's on the way out. You've seen, you know, Pac-12, Big Ten already yeah. saying we're not playing fall football. They're going to hope to play spring football. But you got these other leagues, the SEC, uh, ACC, Big 12, that are still going to try to fight the battle up until the bitter end. Do you think they actually play any? And, we, and, wait, and wait a minute. we got some rogue possibilities in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've heard from Scott Frost. You've heard from Harbaugh. You've heard from Ryan Day. Uh, you know, and, and we that, – that, that, so keep your eye on that. I just think the whole thing is crazy, the idea of trying to pull off a college football season. Period. You know, I mean, my alma mater is part of the ACC, BC. I'm reading, I can show you a story in the paper today about BC's prep, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, no, I, it's, it, it's, it's a good point which has been raised to me about this. I'll just throw it out and leave it at this. Uh, and this is always part of American life. The potential for, a, I don't even know what adjective to use, but for impressive and, 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 uh, uh, irrefutable lawsuits is out there at the, if, as soon as somebody goes yep. down. And that's why and, everybody's, that's why everybody's pulling the plug. But I, I talked to somebody be. yesterday, a lot of people in, in basketball because the Pac-12 also, yeah. they're not going to have any basketball games until at the minimum January 1st. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying like, Larry Scott, why are you doing this now? We're November 10th is the first game. We're August what, 10, basically, September, October, November. I mean, you got plenty of time here. You can wait another month, and let's see where we're at in terms of the game changer, according to a lot of people, is is testing, right? Do you have a rapid, accurate, inexpensive yeah. test that comes along in, in a couple months? That's part of it. Yeah, right, right. Bob, even if you have that, isn't the liability of long-term effects that we, we aren't aware of yet isn't that going to be what stands in the way from a lot of these commissioners and presidents um, rolling the dice and throwing people out in the field? Jeff, in, in t- today's Boston Globe, you know, a daily newspaper, you know, the, the, the old-fashioned daily newspaper I happen to have an affiliation with, uh, there's a very impressive and very sobering story on the topic of the lingering effects, the side effects, even after you were supposedly recovered from COVID-19. And it's terrifying. Uh, the the, the uh, both mentally and physical the the, the 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 potential lingering effect and we're talking about we're not talking about eighty five year old people no we're talking about recovering thirty year olds we're talking about recovering twenty year olds they stuff have if anybody who refuses to take this seriously 
you know, uh, it, it's just, it, it's sad and it's, it's frightening. Um, along the lines of the college uh, football thing, we know where they stand at, you know, in Clemson and Alabama. The governor of Mississippi re, uh, has declared college football to be, and I quote, essential. <laughs> and as a backup, there, Bob, it is. And as a backup, he says, well, they're, these kids work so hard. They deserve to get a reward for their work. Ha ha ha. Right. Let's make sure they, they're, they're okay. Like, I get it. Every kid wants to play for the most part. Well, we all understand why everybody wants to play. We, we want to see them play. We want, we want activity. We want our lives back. And we just want to do it the right way. Like, I think everybody's, most people, um, you and I certainly, are, are somewhere in the middle, right? Like, we want them to play. We want them to play. But we don't want them to play uh, if it's going to affect their, their long-term, their lives. So how can we do that? How, now, again, is anything going to change between now and next year in terms of their, their long? Maybe not. Maybe no. not. So now we've always operated from the beginning on the, the hope that there'd be a vaccine, that there would be by 2021, we'd be resuming something, approaching whatever the new normal will be. Because the old normal, as we do it, knew it, we know will never return but whatever the new normal will be, but we're not even remotely ready for that. Although yeah, we are being told that our, our friends in uh, Russia have uh, are ready to go, which of course could start a, a anything you can do, I can do better uh, race that we do not want or need from the medical standpoint. <sighs> I'm sorry. I don't want to get off the track there. But, no, no. no. But the point is that um, the answer to your big question is, I don't see this working out. I can see that if they get started, it doesn't finish. I can see, I, I think college football from the beginning, I thought was crazy to even think about until next year. I don't think we're going to get a game played in the fall. I, I don't. I, I don't think even the SEC, which will be the, la- the last. Oh, yeah, that's the last holdout. Right. They'll, they'll try, but I bet you like three days before the season starts or even it can't be that late because they got to be able to, to work out at some point and have full practices with pads and all that. But uh, I, I think we push everything back uh, to January and, and see kind of where we're at then. And yeah. hopefully even then, why not play college football? I guess there's some reason. I don't understand it. Why, why you can't play in, in, in January, February, March, it's too cold in certain places, I guess. Oh. I don't oh, get that, but to me, they'll suck it up. They can do it. Um, play college you know, football. And, and as far as the residual effect of how that's going to affect the NFL draft, who, who, I don't care. Who cares? Let them worry about themselves. You know, uh, and they'll they'll figure something out. So I don't want I don't want that entering in fact entering in anybody's decision making process. You know, this is all about college. It's all about uh, the, the health and safety of everybody concerned. And and I don't know how they can in good conscience go forward knowing what we know and knowing and not knowing what we don't know right now. Yeah, I talked to Dan Gabbitt, who runs the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I'll leave you with this last night. And he's optimistic. You know, he said, listen, it's not going to be fair for everybody. You know, if we have an NCAA tournament, he said most of the coaches are understanding now um, that, that it's not going to be equitable for everybody. And I said to him, I said, yeah, now, wait, wait, wait till you actually call out those names um, if we have an NCAA tournament, they'll all find a way to bitch and moan and complain. Um, Bayheim will be fr- probably front and center with, with, with some of that. But uh, I, I think, you know, he made a good point. We're going to have to adapt. We're going to have to figure this thing out. We've got multiple, he said, we've been working on this thing for, for months now, and we're going to continue to work on it. We've got plenty of options on the table. And, and he made a good point to me. He said, listen, when the NBA 
announced they were they were their plan. Basically, it was like two months before they went in the bubble. And he said, mm-hmm. for us right now, again, the first game is November 10th. We're at August 10th right now. So we're, we got time. September, October, November, we're three months away right now. Um, now, again, can they do a bubble? That's the big question with college basketball right now is most people are saying you can't really do a bubble because they're amateurs. I say that's bullshit. You can do a bubble whether they're amateurs or not. Uh, the question is financially, how is it feasible to do a bunch of bubbles? Can you, like the big, the, the big 10 could afford to do a bubble, but Conference USA can't afford to do the same bubble. No, they can't. They can't afford to do the same bubble. So, but can you, you know, I, I think there's, there's ways to figure it out and be able to play a shortened season, Bob. That's my, that's my take is start it Thanksgiving when all the kids leave campus. Yep. Play it through January 10th when kids, for the most part, come back to campus. So that gives you, what, six, six weeks or so? Yeah. Six weeks. Play as many games as you can in those six weeks. If it's 12 games, it's 12 games. And then you figure out if everybody played 12 games, you base it on that and you have a tournament. And you have a Meanwhile, tournament. And any idea of a, a, a college football playoff, if we, if we go this way with two of the big five out and three in, uh, which I don't think – we don't know that that's going to be that way. Maybe the next time we convene, uh, we'll, we'll know a lot more. It's ridiculous. I don't want to hear about a college football playoff. I don't want to hear anybody running around calling themselves a champion out of any – whatever nonsense they come out of this year in football. I'm sorry. That's, that's not – the funny part is, Bob, people say, well, Pac-12 isn't – who cares? They, they, they're I know. Never- I know. In the Big Ten, I know. They haven't won in a while either. I know. I know. I thought, oh, I'm ready for that. I'm, but I don't care. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, listen, um, be safe. We'll, uh, we we got some good weather here this weekend. It's cooling off a little bit, so enjoy your weekend. Yep. And uh, we'll talk next week. And, uh, and I didn't know when I got out of bed this morning that A.C. Earl would reenter my life. <laughs> Remember, if you can come up with a uh, more improbable player to get I'm, 40 than my best. Girl, that should be your task this week. Like, if you All can right. do that, I would be damn impressed if there's somebody that, that rates above or below a zero. He's the leader in the clubhouse with oh, about a 66. No, no, no. You got All it. All right. See you. <laughs>